Good morning, church. Needless to say that uh, Sylvia and I miss you a lot. We pray for you. We think of you all the time. And I'm glad to be here this morning to um, share with you the message of God. And uh, before we do that, I'd like to pray and ask the Lord to bless this message to our hearts. Our Father, we are very thankful to be in your presence this morning. This is the Lord's day, and we are going to be rejoicing and be glad in it. That's your word, and we believe on your word. We pray, Lord, that you speak to our hearts this morning and help us to get closer to you and to be available for you to use us as soon as we reconvene in this place. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. Taylor, great song. May the Lord continue to bless you, to serve him all the days of your appointed time on earth. I'd like to read a few verses from Matthew chapter 21 and verses 1 to 3. And when they had approached Jerusalem and had come to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says something to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. May God bless his word. Today's title of our message is God Needs You. In fact, God needs all of us. Uh, an impressive recruiting poster during World War II, many of you were not born, perhaps, it pictures Uncle Sam looking straight at you and pointing his index finger in your face. Beneath were the words, I need you. The poster dramatically expressed the urgency of the hour. America was fighting for her life. In the spiritual and moral arena, America is fighting for her life now. What we are seeing and hearing is so disturbing. Whether it's the newspaper, radio, TV, or uh, any means of communications, things don't look good at all. The majority of those who are supposed to be examples express their views in such a shameful way that clearly tells us believers that we are living in the last days on this planet. Amid this chaos, the voice of our Lord is calling us, I need you. I need you. I want to bring to, to your attention today three points in this message. One, God uses ordinary people. This is the call today. I need you. At the beginning 
still at the beginning of this year, this is only the second month, God is looking for a different kind of Christians. Men and women willing to give of themselves, whatever the task, to sacrifice regardless of the cost. The need is there and we have only to say, here I am, Lord, use me. The challenge is, if you are called to do a service, to fill a need, to help someone, how would you respond? You may rest assured that if the Lord uses you, successful results are guaranteed. The story is told of Charles Harvey of Grand Prairie in Texas. He felt a bit nervous as he was driving to an important job interview. He was 15 minutes late and in a hurry. When he passed a middle-aged woman stranded with a flat tire, he couldn't continue driving. He says, my conscience made me stop. I changed her tire and headed to the interview, thinking I could just forget about getting the job now. But he filled out the job application, or whatever it took for him, and uh, presented it to the HR's office. The question, did he get the job? He sure did. The personnel director hired him on the spot. She was the woman whose tire he had changed on the way. God can use you. Are you the average, ordinary person? Then God can use you. There was not a highly educated man, think with me, among the original disciples. Not one was a scholar. Not one had wealth or fame. Four had been fishermen. One has been a noted tax gatherer. They were men with weaknesses and flaws like the rest of us. Someone had a fiery nature and they stumbled and fell. Yet Jesus took these obscure men and through them turned the world upside down. When the Lord called them, they left everything and followed him. Mind you, no excuses whatsoever. Would you say, Lord, I'm willing to perform any tax, task or duty you need me to do? Would you fulfill any responsibility assigned to you wholeheartedly? Would you hasten to do it or you seek excuses? Moses, when called, offered some excuses. And some of you, you know that. He offered the excuse of um, lack of personal fitness. Who am I, he said, that I should go unto Pharaoh? He offered the excuse of lack of authority. And he had another excuse, the excuse of lack of speaking ability. He said, I stutter. You'll find all this in Exodus 
chapter 3, verse 11, and Exodus 4, 1 and 10. Thank God. The Lord knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows our capabilities. Nevertheless, listen, the Lord disregarded his excuses. Hallelujah. Amen. And used Moses in an outstanding and miraculous way to lead the Hebrews into the promised land. Now, dear ones, soon we will go back to church. Amen? If the Lord tarries, will we be ready to answer the call? May he open our eyes and ears to see and hear. Let us remember, please listen, let us remember that life is never rightly spent until seen as a divine errand for God. When one greater than Moses speaks and one wiser than Solomon legislates, we do well to listen and obey. May God give us obedient hearts to listen and to say, aye, aye, sir, I'm ready to go. Dwight L. Moody was an unlettered man, according to, the, to history. He never went to college. His manner was rough and his grammar was, as they say, atrocious. English teachers came to hear him in order to condemn his grammar. But they left praising the Christ whom Moody proclaimed. He was the greatest evangelistic influence of the 19th century. He gave God everything he had, and God used him far beyond others more talented, but less dedicated preachers. He was totally dedicated to the Lord. My second point, God uses dedicated people. Christ needs you. Please, listen. Christ needs every one of us. He needs anyone who will give him a pure heart. God is looking and needs devoted people, consecrated people, Dedicated people, people who are willing to work for God's honor. God is looking for uh, clean people who at a certain time in their lives surrender all and laid aside every weight and sin which is easily entangles them and are running with endurance the race that is set before them. God also needs available people, workers, who jump to lend a helping hand, whatever the need is. God needs you. I read an article, and it goes like this. I'd like to share it with you. There are great abilities that people acquire, cultivate, and demonstrate. In the service of God, there is one ability 
that is the greatest ability of all. Wait, what is it? Is it sociability? Is it compatibility? Is it accountability? Is it adaptability or reliability? Let me tell you one thing. The article goes on to say the greatest ability is availability. If we are not available to God, no matter what other kind of ability we have, it is no good. Ability without, it says, uh, ability without availability is a liability. Did you get that? What does availability mean? It means to place oneself totally, absolutely, completely at God's disposal for him to do anything and everything he wants to do in us, through us, with us, and for us. And above all, when he chooses to use us. Anything, anything I assure you, anything less than that is putting restrictions on God and writing fine and fine prints in our commitment contract to Jesus Christ. Yes, I can do it, but tomorrow. It doesn't work. Now, when Jesus calls, may the Lord help our hearts. No excuses. I, I, sir, use me. He's not impressed, impressed with our pious, false humility. When, he, when we say, well, he cannot use me because I'm not clever. No, I'm not talented. I'm not articulate. Please listen to what the Holy Spirit says to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from 26 to 29. I, uh, I use the paraphrased Bible. And Paul writes, Remember, dear ones, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God deliberately chose those things the world considers foolish to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose who are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important so that no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We, hear, we heard that uh, not so long ago from Dean, that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves. Among the greatest Christians men of history, there are many who had obscure beginnings. John Bunyan was not a polished writer. He was limited in his education. Scholars sneered at his writings, but the response of the multitudes 
established his great book, Pilgrim's Progress, as the greater, greatest in the English language. God needed him, and he answered the call. God can use anyone he chooses. He can use you and me. Let us surrender ourselves. This minute, this morning, we need to give him all and say with all our heart, Lord, here I am. Send me. Are you willing? Are you willing? This is my message today. And you tell me, oh, Adol, I'm not qualified. That's my third point. Am I qualified? Are you qualified? Are we qualified? Let me, let me uh, share with you these thoughts. When Joshua got the go-ahead from the Lord to cross the Jordan, he was asked to convey two important things to the nation to do. Two things only. He told them first, consecrate yourselves. I spoke a little bit about that before. Consecrate yourselves. And two things, he said, keep your eyes on the ark. The ark was before them, and he said, don't lose, don't lose the ark. Follow it. We need him on his journey, on this journey. We need the Lord. We need his guidance at this crucial time in our lives. The future is unknown by us. And we hear his voice saying, you have not passed this way before. Don't we? Therefore, let us keep our eyes on him. On the other hand, Christ needs us. He has no hands but our hands. Who is going to do his deeds? The deeds of kindness and mercy. He is going to work through us, through you and me. He has no feet but our feet to do his errands of spreading the good news. He has no tongue but our tongues to proclaim his wonderful salvation to all nations. You may feel that you do not have much to offer. Who am I, you might say? All he he is asking, do your best. Do your best. He does not even require success. All he requires is faithfulness and determination and readiness. Remember, availability. Are you available? And you might say, what use am I to the Lord? Am I really qualified? Stop with me here and think. And you can say, but what can I offer? Let me ask you a question. What qualified the disciples? Remember, human worth is not measured only in terms of fame, fortune, and political influence. And stop and think again, am I useful to the master? The greatest measure, our value, is how much we are needed. John Mark 
was important because Paul needed him in a time of extreme anxiety and distress. He was available. The once useless Onesimus, if you remember, became useful to Paul and to Philemon, his master. Friends, when the final books are balanced and closed, the greatest tribute any anyone could receive would be they were ready and useful. They were available when needed. I repeat that. They were ready and useful. They were available when needed. Are you available? The Lord needs you. The Lord needs us. When we go back to church, we need to do a lot of work. We better come ready. And when he says, I need you, say, yes, Lord, here I am. John Wesley, I, I end with this. John Wesley once said, if I had 300 men who feared nothing but God, hated nothing but sin, and were determined to know nothing among men but Jesus Christ and him crucified, I would set the world on fire. The Lord has need of you. Would you answer the call? Would you start getting ready? We're going to come back to church. We're going to open soon. And we're going to start serving him. We better come to church ready to spread his word and be the example the Lord wants us to be. May God bless his word. Amen. That's all I have this morning. God bless you. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Thank you for the opportunity, our dear Father. Thank you for your kindness to us all. We have been preserved through a lot of problems through this pandemic that almost has taken one whole year from our lives. But nevertheless, you have been going before us and leading us. Help us to keep our eyes on you, Lord, and help us to consecrate ourselves and get ready to serve you when you call. Bless the rest of the day. Bless each and everyone in this church and help us, Lord, to continue prayers so we can come back and congregate in this building that you have given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.